Trust the universe. It's not like you go from one success to the other to the other. You take risks. You may fail along the way. Even things that don't go your way may be exactly what was necessary for another door to open. Welcome back to Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Hey, guys. It's Jamie here. So welcome to an incredibly exciting evening. When we started Off the Gram, our dream was to create a space to have meaningful conversations about wellness. Less fluff, more real stuff. We couldn't have imagined where it would take us. 40 episodes and over 100,000 streams later, here we are. We've covered dozens of topics on the wellness landscape and in the news cycle, broke the top 30 on iTunes in the health and fitness category. And now tonight, we host our first ever live event. Because in a pandemic, we've all redefined what live looks like. So today we are hosting this interview on a Zoom link with 50 live off the gram fans in support of one of our favorite charities, Ronald McDonald House, New York. For those unfamiliar with the Ronald McDonald House charities, they provide a safe, comfortable place where families whose children are hospitalized can find respite within close proximity. Tonight we're supporting the location in New York City on East 73rd Street, which does such important work and has been greatly impacted by COVID, as you could imagine. When families must travel to New York City for the advanced cancer treatment they can't get anywhere else, they find a loving place to stay at RMH New York. With close proximity to eight major hospital systems, Ronald McDonald House New York welcomes children and families from across the world. The house can accommodate 95 families, including six post-transplant suites. We are so proud to say that 100% of our ticket sales from tonight's event will go directly to RMH New York. If you'd like to donate further to help their noble efforts to keep families together, please visit rmh-newyork.org. Thanks, Jamie. Megan here. And I feel a little nervous with all these real people listening <laughs> in. But we are so proud on a, such a special night to be joined by the most special of guests. Ariana Huffington is the founder and CEO of Thrive Global, the founder of the Huffington Post and the author of, oh, 15 books, including most recently, Thrive and the Sleep Revolution. She has been named to Time Magazine's list of the world's 100 most influential people and the Forbes most powerful women list. In 2016, she launched Thrive Global, a leading behavior change tech company with the mission of changing the way we work and live by ending the collective delusion that burnout is the price we must pay for success. In a moment, we're going to dive into things with Ariana, but if you have questions you'd like to ask her, please place them in the chat and we'll do our best to get to them by the end. We've got a lot to cover tonight, so let's get going. Yay! Hey! So hey guys, Christine here. One of the coolest things about tonight was the chance to create the sense of community while we're supporting a serious charity and we'll be talking about serious subjects. Tonight is all about the strength of wellness and the power of coming together as a community. So we really wanted this to be a joyful moment. To make sure that sense of community was felt by all of you on the Zoom, we're hoping you're enjoying that party in a box package we sent in advance. I know I'm enjoying mine. Um, So for this Sweat This segment tonight, we're going to go through and each pick our three favorite items in the box. So Jamie, do you want to kick it off? I love to. Uh, Jamie here. So I would love to start us off. This box was such a treat. And you guys know I totally geek out on better for you healthcare products. So I particularly love the one a day women's fruit bite multi. That was one of my faves. Uh, and the Maddie's organic cocoa mint cough syrup. So they had both a, a grown up one and a kid's one, and they're both going to be coming soon on target.com. And then the last thing I have to say, the red bars. So I've been a fan of this brand forever. In fact, I actually took my entire family to their headquarters when we happened to be passing it in Maine, because that's what wellness geeks do. They like drag their families to two or corporate <laughs> headquarters of places that they love. Um, but that's been like a long fave of mine. So I love those red bars. Okay. So Megan, it's your turn. Okay, I'll go next. Yay. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got three kids and I have celiac disease, so I'm all about gluten-free treats. 
And I could not stop eating the undercover quinoa. I think Charlie and I even made a reel about it. It's so good. It's dark chocolate and sea salt, crispy quinoa, delicious, delicious, delicious. I was also obsessed with the pip snacks. Um, I sent Charlie with the everything seasoning ones today because we have a little everything seasoning obsession in this house. Um, Oprah actually called these one of her favorite things. And I don't argue with Oprah, so I totally get that. (laughs) They have everything flavor ones that are legit crack. And then finally, (laughs) my kids adored the Bloom Honey Water. And I would be cheersing you all with it tonight, but they drank me out of house and home. I don't know if you guys saw that fun video that Charlie and I made. We hollowed out apple cups and made these little sippers with the, uh, the, the water and was like, delicious. Yes. Okay. So since a big part of my career is being on air and I get to review products, obviously I loved the Neutrogena. have it right here. It's the shine control and matte serum. And it's actually a primer, a serum to primer hybrid. So it's really cool because it preps your skin and it gets it ready to put on makeup. So your skin looks Flawless. Um, and some of my other favorites were the Tommy Bahama, that cozy blanket was amazing. It's super cozy. And the tropical scented candle makes me feel like I'm kind of back at summer. <laughs> so I'm a summer girl. That made me very excited. Um, and it's the perfect thing to get us in the mood tonight for this cozy event. And finally, uh, Natalie's juice. I have mine right here. It's super fresh, tastes delicious. And I loved all the flour- the blends and flavors, but this resilient one was one of my favorites. Um, and they also sent some good from Bonded by the Burn, which is an at-home workout that you can, um, they partner with so you can tone up and you can get your blood pumping and get toned up anytime, anywhere. So that's about it. Heidi, your turn. Yay! Hey, gals. Heidi here. So I could not get enough of the robe from Soma Intimates. I love a hoodie. I love a cozy thing. I always change into something when I get home because, you know, COVID, have to change clothes. (laughs) So this Soma Intimates robe is my jam right now. And of course, being the plant-based enthusiast that I am, I really like the idea behind Stem and Root, which sent us plant-derived products that help us manage stress and encourage healthy sleep. And who doesn't need help with sleep or stress right now? (laughs) And finally, uh, hashtag duh. My other favorite thing (laughs) is what you all received in your inbox, one month free to my CrossFlow yoga app, which offers classes that suit every level of fitness, all time constraints, and every every stage of life. I cannot wait to sweat, breathe, and smile with each and every one of you there. So see you there. Yay. <laughs> All right, Heidi, take us, take us on home. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, moving on. We are going to dive into the topic for today's show. Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath because Ariana talks a lot about breathing. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we're switching gears. In April of 2007, Ariana Huffington woke up in a pool of her own blood. She was two years into building the Huffington Post, all while parenting two teenage daughters as a divorced mother. So basically, she was juggling all of the things like so many of us feel like we do. She has been she had been burning the candle at both ends and literally collapsed. She broke her cheekbone and required stitches over her eye. She was diagnosed with a severe case of burnout and decided this was not the life that she wanted to lead. It was then that she realized the necessity of prioritizing wellness and decided to make that message a part of her life's work. How many of us can relate to this, right? I mean, especially right now, right here. As this pandemic accelerates a mental health crisis that already existed, Ariana joins us tonight to help us identify our own individual signs and stressors. She believes that as a society, we can emerge into a new normal and become much more open about the challenges we're facing and ways to course correct. Ariana, welcome! So great to be with you all, really. Wow, what energy. (laughs) We've got a lot of energy. (laughs) That's one thing we're not lacking. Totally. (laughs) You know, as as for type A ambitious women, I think that we feel this deep, you know? We feel this really hard and and we struggle just like everybody else. So I want to jump in here, Ariana. This is Jamie. Every guest we have had on our program during the pandemic has alluded in some way to the mental health crisis that we're all encountering. It is like on the tip of everyone's tongues and it's 
worrying us all. We read the recent survey by the CDC that found that over 40% of adults reported experiencing mental health challenges, including anxiety and depression. And it's showing up for people in different ways, right? So for some people, it's anxiety over health or politics. Some people are just completely overwhelmed with learning to navigate the new normal, like work from home, trying to focus, create boundaries. You talk a lot about how the pandemic has really exposed these unsustainable ways of working and living that are kind of fueling the current mental health crisis. Can you delve into that for us? Absolutely. And, you know, there are so many terrible things about the pandemic, you know, so many losses of loved ones, financial losses. But the one good thing is that we were leading unsustainable lives. And we were facing, even before the pandemic, a mental health crisis, skyrocketing, um, chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, obesity. And now we have an opportunity to rebuild a world where we are changing things. Uh, Unfortunately, as you said, Jamie, the problem is that mental health, depression, anxiety are getting worse. Because on top of what was going on pre-pandemic, we now have to deal with the unprecedented uncertainty. Those of you who have children, young children, you know, you're either uh, schooling them at home, you don't know when they're going to be able to go back to school. Those who are um, working remote don't know how much longer that will be. Women are taking, um, are actually facing an even bigger burden because no matter how much help they get for their partners, they're still the primary uh, caretakers. That's what all the data shows. So what we're doing at Thrive, through our Thrive um, app and through all our uh, workshops, is to help people look at everything in an integrated way. Like your sleep affects your depression and anxiety. What you eat affects your sleep. How much you move, how fit you are affects your health and your mental health. So it's like everything is interconnected. And yet we've tended to look at everything like point solutions, but there are no point solutions. It's like we need to look at all the journeys that that our life consists of and how one affects the other. Totally agree with that. So this is Megan Ariana. You spoke in a recent article on Thrive Global about leadership in the eye of the hurricane. Can you share about this as a leader of a business? What do you think people are looking for from you and what should other leaders be trying to provide? Well, first of all, uh, Megan, let me tell you, I want to steal your pink glass. (laughs) If people cannot see you, we need to post the picture uh, on our Instagram accounts because you and I have the identical glasses in terms of shape. Mine are black, yours are pink, and I want because we're cool. Ones. I'm cool and like Ariana. Get your pink ones, and then we can do a who wore it best. And I'm sure it will be you. Um, so, the eye of the hurricane is kind of my perfect metaphor for leadership. The eye of the hurricane is that place of peace in the middle of a hurricane. In fact, you can look at it. It looks like an eye. And so I think all good leaders know how to get into that place. So even in the middle of the biggest crisis, how can we remain unflappable? How can we find serenity and peace? It's doable. It requires practice. And all the best leaders can do that. And whether we are a leader at home, managing our kids and our households, or whether we're a leader navigating a full-time job and our home, that is the key. Because when we get stressed out, everybody around us gets stressed out. And we cannot come up with our best decisions, right? We are just basically running on empty and are constantly reactive. And I personally do not like myself when I'm in that place because I'm not as empathetic. I'm not as creative. And in order to be in that place, we need to take care of ourselves. And uh, at Thrive, we call it put your own oxygen mask on first before helping others. It's not self-indulgent. It's essential. 
That's amazing. And this is Heidi. That's actually one of the main things that yoga teacher training taught me the first go around too was oxygen mass. They never stopped talking about it. It's very relevant to everyone. So, okay, let's move on to talk about focus and productivity. Personally, I have worked for myself from home for years. So that part wasn't an adjustment for me with the pandemic, but all of a sudden I'm expected to do everything that I had hired several employees to physically help with and be a homeschool teacher to my three children, and I get interrupted every five minutes, and the schedule changes daily, and regardless of my yoga and meditation practices, it has left me beyond stressed and overwhelmed like every woman I know. So I recently read something that you wrote that said, Google searches for, quote, how to get your brain to focus, end quote, have increased 300% since February. So what do you have for people who are struggling with focus and productivity? So first of all, you know, this is um, a universal problem because uh, we have all the latest data that shows that stress reduces productivity. Literally, your prefrontal cortex shuts down and uh, no matter what great uh, technologies you have available and optimized workflows, etc. You're just stressed out of your mind and you're not going to be productive. Fortunately, at Thrive, we call them micro steps. There are small, tiny steps you can take every day to make a difference. And they don't take a lot of time. We have hundreds of them in our app. But let me give you three of my favorites, if I may. The first one is the recognition that it takes 60 seconds, 60 seconds, one minute to course correct from stress. Like stress is unavoidable, right? There is nobody who can live a stressful life. The problem is not stress. The problem is stress becoming cumulative. So you get to the end of the day and you are so wound up You can't sleep. You can't relax. But that doesn't have to be the case if you take the 60-second breaks during the day. And we have even created um, a feature within our app that we call Reset. And we ask our users to put together uh, pictures that they love from their kids, their pets, nature, their favorite quotes, and a piece of music, and a breathing pacer. So when you are really stressed and you can't even think of consciously breathing, you can just play reset. And it reminds you of why you love your life. And um, like if you look at my reset, it has pictures of my daughters when they were young and unproblematic. Mine just got married, the oldest one. So you can look at my Instagram for all the wedding photos. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. you can, my favorite song right now is Taylor Swift, You Need to Calm Down. So that's on my reset feature. Uh, but also, you can simply take some deep breaths. Navy SEALs use something called box breathing in moments of stress. So I think if it's good enough for Navy SEALs, it's good enough for us. And it's basically just um, taking four Deep inhales, pausing to the count of four, exhaling to the count of four. And um, the other thing that I think is amazing is gratitude. Gratitude is truly an antidote to stress. So what we like to recommend is habit stacking. Anytime you are doing something that doesn't require your brain, like washing your hands or washing the dishes, remember three things you're grateful for. So these are just like um, three quick uh, micro steps, reset, breathing, gratitude that can help us uh, course correct from the stresses of everyday life. I have I to say, so Ariana, too. Oh, I'm so I, I interrupt. That's what I sometimes okay. do. It's Maggie with the scratchy voice. I love your meditative story podcast, Ariana. That you that's through Thrive Global, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. Meditative Story is a partnership between Wait What, uh, Thrive Global, and Salesforce. Uh, and I wanted to ask about Thrive Global. 
Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, this is Christine here. Sorry, I wanted to speak to that. I know we all respond so differently to stress and anxiety, but if we can spot those signals and find different personal strategies to deal with it, we can build that mental resilience. And that's so important right now. So what you were saying back to Thriving Mind, the mental health program, Thrive Global, created in partnership with Stanford Medicine. I, w- I wonder if you could expand and tell us on that, about that. Yeah, so, you know, we... Everything we are doing is science-based. We feel very strongly that we need to kind of move the whole wellness category from just being warm and fuzzy to being driven by data and science. You know, everything you are doing around fitness, that has a scientific basis. And I think when we do that, then we are more likely to spread the message and get more people um, changing behaviors. So I think it's our thriving mind uh, workshops and programs that we developed with uh, Stanford are based on the latest brain science that basically tells us that um, we need to and can identify stress triggers before they become depression and anxiety. We all have different stress triggers. A very common stress trigger right now is... um, Um, negative bias. It's people who look ahead at the future and imagine the worst. And that's a very prevalent stress trigger in times of anxiety. The truth is we don't know what the future will bring. So we have um, literally a a little saying um, that can help people be reminded of that um, by Montaigne, the French philosopher who said there were many terrible things in my life, but most of them never happened. (laughs) I love that one so much. I've heard that before. I had somebody who used to call it awfulizing, you know, she's like, you're awfulizing again. And it's so true. We have to learn to undo that. Why do we do that? We're paying, you know, paying interest on debts yet, you know, not yet incurred, right? That's what my mom used to tell me. I absolutely agree. Your mom is a wise woman. Give her my love. I sure will. Yeah, I believe you're speaking on something tomorrow that you're both involved. Maybe she's moderating. I think uh, you guys are both involved in it. It's a pleasure to do something with her. She Mm. must be very proud of you. Thank you. That's so nice. And you must be very proud of your daughter. I'm so excited that you just had a wedding. Wait, were you like, let me ask you this, because my mom really helped me so much in my wedding. And I just want to know, having somebody as pragmatic as you, were you like a hands-on mom in the wedding planning? And did you help her Mm de-stress? You know, Christina, that's my daughter's name, and her husband, Paul, were very hands-on. They had, they knew exactly what they wanted, which is wonderful. And they're very, very detail-oriented. You know, it was tiny. You'll see from the pictures I just posted. Um, it was very small, but exactly the things they love. That's so nice. So how do you find the work-life balance? Because it's so funny. When you talked about that reset and you talked about having um, the pictures of the of your kids as something that would help your brain kind of de-stress for a minute. I actually find like this weird, almost the opposite. I feel so guilty because when you're a working mom, you're always either not doing enough. Well, you're always not doing enough at both. You feel like you're not giving a hundred percent to work and you're not giving a hundred percent to mom life. And I sit here and I work from home now, like we all do. And I'm two feet away from my kids, but I still feel the guilt right? And I think that when you had that incident, when you collapsed, it was after taking your daughter on college tours and trying to be present for her, but then staying up all night and working as a byproduct, right? So how have you reconciled that? And what advice could you give to other working mothers? Well, first of all, I don't really call it work-life balance because the work-life balance is not possible. I call it work-life integration because the truth is that There are days when you have a deadline at work, and that takes precedence. There are days when a child is sick, and that takes precedence. So all that matters is to make sure that during this juggling act, you actually take care of yourself. And that's the key that so many of us have simply ignored. 
And part of it is because we are all living in a culture that has glamorized being always on and powering through, right? I mean, we brag about you are powering through exhaustion. Um, and that we all may have to do occasionally. And it doesn't matter what we have to do occasionally. What matters is what we do every day. And that's why in our micro steps, in our behavior change up, at Thrive Global, you know, we prioritize how we start the day and how we end the day. So Ariana, could you take us through a day of your healthy habits? I kind of want to know what what time you wake up, what you have for breakfast, do you work out, when do you work out, what do you have for lunch, then what happens? (laughs) So first of all, I think that a good day begins the night before. So not getting enough sleep. If you wake up sleep deprived, it's not going to be a good day because, uh, first of all, you are going to crave bad carbs and sugar physiologically. You know, as you said, I wrote a book on sleep. So it's not a matter of willpower. It's a matter of real cravings. So I want to tell everybody who wakes up before they've gotten enough sleep to go to the gym to just go back to sleep. It's better to get enough sleep and then work out, even if you don't work out as long, than to get yourself out of bed for two reasons. One, sleep is the only time our brain can clean all the toxins that accumulate during the day. So it's not optional. And if you are wondering how much sleep do I need, um, some people listening may have a genetic mutation and they don't need a lot of sleep. About one to one and a half percent of the population may get four hours and feel great. If I get four hours, I feel terrible. So uh, the majority of us need seven to nine hours. You need to experiment and see what's your, your real uh, ideal sleep number. Mine is eight hours. And 95% of the time I get it. You know, there may be 5% of the time when something happens, when we used to travel, it could be a delayed flight, um, some something that keeps me up. But the majority of my life I get these eight hours. So I find that in order to do that, uh, it's so important to create a transition to sleep. The first and most important step is charging my phone outside my bedroom. We've even uh, uh, produced a little phone bed that's a charging station. And I highly recommend it for your kids too, because you teach your children when they get a phone that it sleeps in its own little bed. It has a little blankie. You put the phones under the blankie. They charge during the night. You charge during, you recharge during the night. You can buy that cost. We're not making any money of it. For us, it's a way to help people adopt good habits. And we, we sell it through Amazon in mahogany and light wood. And uh, people really can teach their children good phone hygiene and also create a ritual for themselves. So in the morning, You know, I love the fact um, that when you wake up, you create like even 60 seconds between waking up and going to your phone. (laughs) You know, 72% of people go straight to their phone before they're fully awake. So we recommend that very simple 60-second ritual where... You remember what you're grateful for. You set your intention for a day. You take some deep breaths, whatever you want, but don't rush to your phone before you're fully awake. Before going to sleep, when you were talking about getting ready for bed, a lot of times I find myself having a hard time. There's, you know, always 12 things that are on my list that I didn't check off. So how do you know when to, when do you stop and say, okay, that's it for today. I'm going to put this down and maybe spend some time with my husband or, you know, read a book. Or I I feel like for me, I, 
I used to read so much more and I now look at my phone and try to catch up on emails and work and do that instead. And if I could just catch one more thing or fit one more thing in, I feel more accomplished. But then at the same time, I'm doing less of those things that brought me joy. So is there any trick to just saying like, turn it off now? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. This is actually one of our key micro steps, which is pick a time at the end of your day when you declare the end of your working day, you're absolutely right. There is really no end to our working day, right? You could stay up all night handling things. But if you don't have a real end to your working day, you won't be able to have a life with your husband, your kids, uh, recharge properly and start the next day again. So pick a time. It doesn't matter what time, but you can say, at 7 p.m., at 9 p.m., whatever, I will stop. There will be emails maybe I haven't answered or things I haven't handled, but that's the end of my working day. That's all the more important when we are working from home. Mm. And then, you see, you mark that end of your working day by turning off your phone and putting it in its phone bed. (laughs) And that's it. And then if that's your time to read a book, to watch a show, to talk to your husband, to do something with your kids, whatever you do, it's your time. Okay, I'm going to try that tonight. And then then write about it. We'd love to publish it because we all learn from each other. Can you explain crystal clear how you came up with micro steps? Because I think it's genius that it's so, I feel like people make these big resolutions that feel so unattainable that they almost set them that sells up for failure. So how did you come up with micro steps? Oh, you know what? It's based on all the latest science. You know, BJ Fogg at, at Stanford calls them tiny habits. And it's really all the latest neuroscience that shows that New Year resolutions fail because we we aim too high and especially very type A driven people like all of you, you just create these huge goals. And, you know, of course, you are all incredibly fit and amazing. But for the average person to say, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour a day, they may do it for two and a half weeks and then they stop. And what that leads to is feeling like a failure and feeling shame. And then it's much harder to pick up the habit again. So by starting small, in fact, we launched an app called Thrive Zip, which is available to everyone with Walmart for all their 2.2 million employees they call associates. And the results have been amazing. You know, um, A lot of them were very overweight, some obese, and you see people losing over over 100 pounds and reversing diabetes through one step at a time. My favorite story is a woman woman called Judy who who worked in a Walmart store, and she was addicted to Doritos. So she had put on a lot of weight as a result. So her micro step, was to leave one Dorito in the bag. So she would eat the entire bag, but leave one in the bag. The next day, she would leave two Doritos, then three Doritos, until she basically got to the point where she would only allow herself to lick the Dorito. She wouldn't eat it anymore. She would just lick the taste. This is just an example of micro steps. She lost over 100 pounds, but it was one little step at a time. And that's how you build um, a muscle and you build success. And you know, when you lose weight and you feel, yes, that's working, you kind of are energized. And it's not just about weight. It's about sleep. It's about fitness. It's about finances. It's about time with your family. We have all these six journeys in the app And people can pick whatever they want to work on and get support from their community and their peers, but one micro step at a time, or as we call it, one better choice at a time. Love that. I love all of this because you lead with the data and I am such a data geek, but I think that the reason, Ariana, that we started this podcast was because 
influencers had kind of a bad name. And it seemed to be because a lot of what a lot of people said wasn't maybe grounded in science or they didn't have the certifications to say the things they were saying. And so our goal in this is to say, you know, we're wellness enthusiasts from different backgrounds, but let's actually dig up the data and figure out why these things work or don't work. And that's really what matters. And I think that's going to take a lot of the fluff out of the wellness world and really ground it grounded in to people, you know, that maybe didn't give it a lot of credence in the beginning. I totally agree. I think we need to redefine the wellness category to be data-driven. And we have a lot of athletes doing that. We have um, athletes like Kevin Durant and Andre Ugudala who are actually investors in Thrive and who have tracked their performance improving depending on how much sleep and what quality sleep they got, what they ate. It's basically the connection between peak performance and recovery. That's wonderful. If anybody has questions they'd like to pop in the chat, you're more than welcome to do so. I mean, the four of us will just talk forever, but we'd love to hear from you too. Um, But again, we all have plenty of questions too, so we're happy to keep going. We have a couple more things that we wanted to get to, but again, I don't want to silence the community. If you guys have questions you want to ask Ariana, please do pop them in the chat. I'm happy to convey them to her. I just wanted to touch on nutrition because you did just mention, you know, what you eat. And the four of us, part of what makes us uh, a fun foursome is that we all have very different opinions and uh, tastes, desires, things that we believe in, don't believe in, and you know, and and this is a forum for that here. So I love different things that work for each of us. That's right as well. I'd love to hear Ariana if you wouldn't mind what nutrition looks like in your life. Is there any sort of a, a not a diet like a weight loss diet, but is there any sort of a diet or nutrition plan that kind of works for you? Yes, you know, I am a big believer in intermittent fasting. I am, and you know, you can, it sounds like extreme, but you can start in a very basic way, which is try and have three hours between dinner and going to sleep. Again, if you can't do three hours, do one hour, you know, but have a gap between dinner and going to sleep. And then try and have at least 12 hours between dinner and waking up. I mean, not waking up, but waking up and having breakfast. And that's not as overwhelming as you think. If you, let's say, finish eating at 8, you eat at 8. I mean, it's not like an enormous amount of time. Uh, But again, if you can't do 12 hours, do 10. But have like, you know, when we let our digestive systems rest, it's just amazing for our metabolic health, our weight, but also our overall metabolic health. In fact, what we do here in this country and in the country I came from, which is Greece, is we graze, we eat all the time. You know, my mother really believed, I'm convinced of that, that if you didn't eat every 20 minutes, something terrible would happen to you. <laughs> and there's like food everywhere around. And and it's the same here. You know, you go, wherever you go, there's food and snacks. <laughs> we live in the snack economy. It's true. So, we have so many questions piling in. So keep it, keep it coming. And then we have a few questions for you lined up. They just all of a sudden, when we opened up the forum, they started rolling in. So anyway, that's my thing. Plus, of course, try and limit sugar and processed foods. The rest, whatever you do, you do. But for me, these are the three rules. Well, we have just had a, co- a question from one of our listeners. How much coffee and alcohol is okay? Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> well, I personally adore coffee. Like a true Greek, I think. Like I'm married to one. <laughs> exactly. And no problem with coffee. Just stop at 2 p.m. because otherwise caffeine can stay in your body and, and you have a hard time going to sleep. And um, alcohol, here's the thing about alcohol. And, you know, right now during the pandemic, consumption of alcohol has skyrocketed. So I would say avoid the nightcap. Believe it or not, the the nightcap doesn't help you sleep. It helps you stay awake or wake up in the middle of the night and and make have it a harder time going back to sleep. 
So try and minimize it as much as you can. Try and find substitutes. There is a lot of mock cocktails going on now. And do the best you can. But don't think that having a nightcap is going to make it easier to sleep. Yeah. I've heard that. Such so a great I, I love this one question. I'm sorry. That came in uh, early on from Hannah Davis. The question was, do you have any habits you're actively trying to create or eliminate? And if so, what micro steps are you taking to achieve this? Oh, yes. I mean, right now, um, my, <laughs> you're going to love that guys. <laughs> I wanted to increase my workout uh, over the weekend. I do a minimum of 30 minutes of my on my treadmill every day, seven days a week. That's like the minimum. And uh, But I wanted to add to it. So what I did is I, I, I would pick a series, a TV series, that I was only allowed to watch on my treadmill. So when I fell in love with succession, I ended up one Saturday doing two and a half hours on my treadmill and or my Peloton bike, whatever. But I would pick this series and sometimes they were old series like Aaron Sorkin's newsroom that I would fall in love with and I would get hooked and, and increase the amount that I, uh, that I spent working out. That is smart. That. This That's is amazing. A, this is a, another question that came in from Bree. What tips do you have for manifesting your dreams? You've brought so many to your dreams, so many of your dreams to life, and it's so inspiring. So do you want to give us tips on manifesting your dreams? <laughs> so I just um, trust the universe. I trust the universe that... You know, life is never like linear. It's not like you go from one success to the other to the other, that you take risks. You may fail along the way. My my mom used to say failure is not the opposite of success. It's a stepping stone to success. And my favorite quote about manifesting your dreams is um, Rumi, who said, live life as though everything is rigged in your favor. I love that. So love even, that even things that don't go your way may be exactly what was necessary for another door to open. The universe has your back. I love yeah, that. I love that. We got a question. We, we, from, so okay. we got a question um, from uh, one of our friends, uh, Harley. So, tips for a divorced mom who has their kids full time. Tips on how to do this all alone, working from home, remote learning, and all of the things. Yes. Well, believe it or not, making sure you get enough sleep and waking up, remembering why you love these kids and how much they bring to your life is going to make it easier to deal with the challenges. The biggest challenges, you know, really, women who have to navigate having kids that have to educate at home and a job have a harder time right now. That's why it's more important than ever to prioritize your own care and see what support you can get. And I know that's harder because we are all... Uh, in living in pods <laughs> and you can't just bring anybody to help you but looking at uh, is there a relative who can live with you is there some support you can have or some socially distant support it's harder during the pandemic to create this barter system that can support especially mothers of young children um, during this time and I think the next question that came in is in, uh, follows this perfectly. Um, Ebony wants to know, what are your tips for keeping a positive attitude when you start to doubt yourself? Which I think a lot of that is happening now with everybody, with everything we're all doing and trying to juggle. There's so much of that doubting. Well, one of my favorite quotes that I've used on my Instagram is, um, talk to yourself as well as you talk to your best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, We have that voice in our head that I call the obnoxious roommate living in my head that doubts us, that puts us down. And we need to recognize that that voice is not the truth. 
that voice is not who we are and be able to move beyond it. I love that. That's such good advice. I also see a lovely question, which is slight pivot. What advice do you have for leaders when it comes to showing up and supporting their female employees, especially mothers during this period? So Shout the out side. to Bola. That's my girl, Bola. <laughs> <laughs> um, so advice for leaders. Well, women leaders or all leaders? Yeah, leaders who are, uh, oh, any leader who has female employees that are mothers. So how can they support the females who are moms working from home, homeschooling? I think, you know, one of the things that we are recommending, and we launched a program with Eve Rodsky, I don't know if you've read her book, called Fair Play, um, is to help them recognize that right now that three important institutions are happening in our homes. Um, work, personal life, and schools. Um, women need to not just wing it. <laughs> they need to have a plan for how um, tasks are divided. Because when they wing it, women keep the mental load. So I wrote a piece actually last week for Fast Company about that. But the key is my favorite of all my recommendations is to adopt what we call an ownership model. Like, you know how often partners will ask the mother, how can I help? No. The question should I be, what do I own? I don't want your help with lunch. I want you to own lunch. Or, you know, when we would, I don't want your help with the birthday party. I want you to own the birthday party. That way you divide tasks from conception to execution to completion, the way you do at work. And that means that the mental load doesn't, doesn't fall on the woman. Wonderful. I think we can take maybe one more. Do you, got, do you guys want to pick? <laughs> yeah, you pick. <laughs> Or Megan or someone. We okay, have so, so many good ones. So, ooh, I, I love the idea of putting our phones to bed and having a cutoff time. But on those nights where you don't get enough sleep, can you make up for lost sleep? Are there ways to overcome sleep deficits? Mm. And so, that was from Mary. Unfortunately, not really. I mean, obviously, on the days when, for whatever reason, we don't get enough sleep, the sooner we can have a nap, the better. Uh, but if you haven't got enough sleep, the next day you're not going to be operating on all cylinders. Of course, let me just make it very clear. It's inevitable this will happen. And then if you can go get a 20-minute nap as soon as you can, at least you don't drag yourself through the entire day. So the data does show that napping really helps because, you know, let me, like a lot of people, I feel more tired after a nap. Is that okay? Well, it depends on how long your nap is. But normally a 20-minute nap, and remember, that was invented by Winston Churchill and it helped him win the Second World War. He called them power naps. It gives you like like almost like a second day. Um, in fact, in our offices in New York, we have a nap pod. And we um, recommend to people, uh, if for whatever reason, you know, a mother is returning to work who may have a child who can't sleep through the night or people who are jet-lagged, to have a nap. And um, it really does make a difference. You know, of course, if you've gotten enough sleep, you don't need a nap. It's for the days when, for whatever reason, you didn't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. And Jamie, I think what you're saying, that happens to me sometimes. It's, I wonder if after that 20 minutes um, that Ariana was saying, if you almost go too far and then you do feel groggy. And I think that 20 minutes is a, an important part of time. Right, Ariana? 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I mean, if you have a very long nap, then you move into multiple <laughs> sleep cycles. <laughs> we have time for one more because my girl Dina has a question. She just wanted to know how long do you avoid phone and tech before sleep? So we know you need to avoid it, but how long? She says that's the hardest habit for her to break. To avoid going to a phone. Yes. Um, like, is it 30 minutes before you go to sleep? Is it no tech or is it more? Here's the thing. Again, micro steps. Start somewhere. 
Start five minutes before you go to sleep. Don't make, you know, the ideal, the enemy of starting. So even if you do, let's say, five minutes before I go to sleep, I will turn off my phone and charge it outside my room. I just need an alarm clock, though. I think that's my micro step is getting an alarm clock because I use my phone. Barn has great pottery barn, you know, great vintage looking alarm clocks. I don't know, 35. I'm going to Google it up. I'm going to search it up. But, you know, there are so many beautiful alarm clocks and they're not expensive. I always give them to my friends for the holidays because that's one of the main excuses. I need my alarm clock. Yeah, uh, but I love that. You, until you have your alarm clock, you know, most of the time, if, you've beat your, if you put your phone right outside your room, you can hear it. But, but then so can my three kids. <laughs> totally. <laughs> You're right, you're right. But get an alarm clock. It also looks lovely on your uh, nightstand. Absolutely. So decorating advice with the sleep advice with the vintage alarm clocks. Jamer, are we going to do a lightning round? Sure, let's do it real quick. So Ariana, we always ask our guests these three kind of simple questions. And it's kind of fun to hear everyone's answers. So are you ready? Yes, absolutely. Quick lightning round. Okay, question number one. Morning or evening workout? Morning. Question number two, what is your favorite workout? My favorite workout is my treadmill. I love my treadmill and I can be on my phone. I can watch my shows. Love it. Fabulous. Question number three, coffee, tea, or matcha? Oh, I'm both a tea person and a coffee person. Um Love both. Me too. All right, Heidi, take us on home. (laughs) Thanks, James. All right, our very last thing that we do with all of our epic, amazing, inspiring guests, you, uh, is called, Megan? Oh, Karma Call. (laughs) Look at all the chats. I love having live guests, and you guys know shiny objects, questions. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Okay, so listen, I ask Megan to say it because she says it's so awesome, and you may know, but I'm the yogi, so I will explain that karma is the Sanskrit word for action. Yes. So we ask you, please, to give our guests one small micro step action that they could take every day for a week or whatever that would yield a giant result. So what would that action be? Well, I have to pick my absolute favorite that we've already talked about, which is pick a time uh, at the end of the day when you stop consuming news and social media and when uh, you take your phone, turn it off and charge it outside your room. (laughs) It's a kind of double micro step, but I promise you it will have a huge impact on your life. Oh, I think we're all clear that it's going to have a huge <laughs> impact. <laughs> so true. And I love being with you. You're so much fun and you're so wise. Let's do more oh, together. And anything you write about your micro steps, send it also to us to publish on Thrive Global. And I'd love to social it everywhere on LinkedIn, on Instagram, everywhere and spread the word. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So, so, so much. Thank you everybody for being here and being in the room with us tonight to, to uh, benefit Ronald McDonald house in New York. I know it means so much to them and their communities. Um, Thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks for listening at home and don't forget to subscribe and follow us on the gram at off the gram podcast. We'll see you next time. Yay. Yay.